Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Hey, it's Josh. And before we jump into this week's conversation with Reza, I just want to give you all an update on the Mandy Challenge that uh, we ran during our Halloween parade episodes. We had until the end of Friday last week to raise $2,500 for the Hollywood Food Coalition. Uh, You guys stepped up. We did $3,800 by the end of last Friday for the Hollywood Food Coalition. So thank you very much. and uh, we really, we couldn't ask for a better audience. You're the best. We really appreciate this. Um, I love that uh, uh, you all you all stepped up. I know in the past, even some of you have even come out and volunteered to help out there, which is great. Please remember, they are still out there. They're going to be doing this work year-round and can use all the support they can get. So even if you missed the uh, Halloween challenge, they're still there at hofoco.org, H-O-F-O-C-O.org. They're a great organization. They're worthy of your support. Uh, So I thank you. They thank you. Um, Even Nancy thanks you, even though now she has to watch Mandy. But we're going to give you a full report on how that goes, too, when it happens. Anyway, thank you very much. Uh, You're the best. We could not ask for a better audience. Please enjoy this episode of The Movies That Made Me. Off my own video. um, So that, because it's showing self-view just kills it for me. Okay. (laughs) Got it off. Uh-huh. Self-loathing. Like, no, what is... would a screenwriter be without it? <laughs> this is amazing, you guys. Like, I, you know, I have to, in order to be able to, I don't know, I'm like such a big fan of the show, I guess, and uh, each of you. So I kind of feel like I got to get that out of my system. Uh, oh. You probably have experienced this on some yeah, level. It's, 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 uh, it's called the geek factor. You just uh, The geek <laughs> factor. So, you know, I mean. Just, just bask just, in us for just, a minute. Just roll right past it and it's fine. <laughs> well, can I, mean, can I? This is hardly yeah. this, and I don't want to. I, don't, I should probably cut Please. this, but uh, I have never. Um, uh, and, and we assume you're talking about Joe, of course, because Joe is no. Uh, well, I mean, look, but, I but, mean, like I am talking about Joe, but I'm also talking. I mean, I, I've actually, you know, I, I like Infested, dude. I've, I've, yeah. I've, 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 I've watched on. Infested. Any, oh, wow. any, any movie that you know starts with Eddie Money, I'm already fucking in. You know. Oh wow! Like, I, oh shit! I and, better not tell you the truth then. And <laughs> and I've and I've you know I've um, uh, what was it? I think it was like. Oh, the fuck weasel. Um, like I adopted the term fuck weasel from your movie. Fantastic. <laughs> Into uh, my, wonderful. So that's that's something to uh, be proud of. But no, but I mean, it's oh, a, well, thank it's, you. It's not, a, not a time it's, to tell it's, you it's a, that it's a any, fun movie. I like I like any money was put in under duress. Yeah. That was not my choice. Oh, really? We had we had madness is our house. Uh, well, I could see that because the credits the 80s, works much better. Yes. Yeah. Well, also the 80s stuff that's happening later. Yeah. What about da da da? Was that your uh... no? That was that was that was what it's supposed to be. Okay, good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, at the last minute, what is that thing, Joe? Have you ever run into that where like artists re-record note perfect renditions of their songs so they own, I guess, the masters? Is it? Yeah, I've heard of that. 
and mm. and it was like that week we had made a great deal on the madness song i'd cut the whole thing to that in the last minute like any money was selling hits for like 500 bucks or something like that my no way like, we're going with this and i'm going but i hate any money so th I, this I, is I, this no, is unusual for us because jo josh doesn't often play the tortured artist on this show <laughs> <laughs> but uh no to get to your thing i should i should cut this because it's horrible name dropping but the, yeah. the first time um i i ever met mick jagger i worked with him on a thing a couple years ago and work on something now but it was i have never you know you're in this business a long time you know how to be you know, i think the first time i met joe i was like oh hey nice to meet you but you're going oh my god it's joe dante but you know how to yeah cool but like how how do you ever get over the fact that you're sitting in a room with mick j and like what are you going to say and i spent like <laughs> days like how do i introduce myself to to mick and he's so used to it i couldn't even begin to tell you how he did it but he somehow like managed to get me from the door yeah, his hotel to the sofa and into the conversation and managed in the nicest way possible to do an end run around it. So I never had to say any of it. Wow. <laughs> That's so like, great. That's, I don't know what he did. It was incredible because versus gonna... like the, the Keith Richards style, which is like, I'm just going to bust out my cigarettes right now. There, and exactly. whether you've quit smoking for 30 years or not, you're going to join me. You're going to get up. into it. <laughs> exactly. But like, really, what are you going to say to those guys that say they're like, I really, I like your songs. <laughs> well, oh, you remember that great SNL skit where they get in the elevator with Sting and they start like, just basically, you know, you know, singing Roxanne singing and every, every single thing. Like, oh yeah, that one. And he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. elevator right, just keeps going. I mean, for me, like that, that version would be just like to list Joe's like filmography. You know right. I mean? <laughs> it's just like this movie and this movie. But um, and then, I and then, and then remember Howling with the werewolves? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least we should talk about Hollywood Boulevard or something interesting. But um, um, it doesn't, uh, doesn't get much play in this age of Me Too. <laughs> we'll do it at the end. There is a way to tie this into what I'm doing. That's uh, okay. okay. Well, why, we'll, we'll we, do it interesting. She, should we even um, begin? Why don't we identify our guest? Nah. Um, <laughs> That's for sissies. <laughs> by the way, I'm in, I'm in the process of uh, editing, which will be uh -huh. dropping before this one, so I can talk about it. The, the Bobcat yeah. Dana Gould episode, Joe. And I basically finally just arbitrarily dropped the theme song in in about 12 minutes because nice there was just no place for it. It's just, it's just, <laughs> it was the most rambling. It was great. I almost thought about doing it at the very end, just putting the intro. You know, a whole, the a whole podcast with, with a half an hour devoted to Bella Lugosi meets a Brooklyn gorilla. It's a first half an hour, <laughs> half an hour, sir. Just on that one. 55 movie. minutes at least. <laughs> This is The Movies That Made Me with your hosts, Josh Olson and Joe Dante. Uh, but yes, so no, we're talking to, to Reza. Tell, tell me now and I'll, I'll redo it. Yeah. Because I'm just yeah, yeah. Reza Safai. Yeah, I would be great, you know, to add my middle name only because there was a, a B movie uh, director, uh, Reza Safai, um, who, you is know, he, I'm told. No, I don't no, know that was Reza Badi, wasn't it? The, the, he was he no, there, there was there was Reza Badi. Yeah, actually, um, he had a big, you know, effect on me because as a kid, I, I saw his name. I, I lived in a trailer park in a, in a suburb of Pittsburgh, and I saw his name 
on an episode of uh, Incredible Hulk, I think it was. And I was like, I was like, you know, my parents was like, there's my name. I think I can do this thing. And they're like, you're crazy. There's no Reza. Like, you know, this is obviously before IMDb and all that stuff. But um, no, there was a, a, he only worked in Iran. And this Reza Safai, the reason is, you know, apparently they, you know, he didn't use these stunt guys. And they were doing this like car that was, you know, uh, that they had to uh, light on fire. And um, and one of the act, poor actors died, you know, and every time I'd go meet someone, they're like, well, you're so much younger than I thought you'd be. And are you the guy that killed? You know, I'm like, no, no, no. That's, so that's I, what I keeps me so young is the blood of young men. That, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, I have to keep all that because it's great. Okay. And the only way to keep awesome. it is to have me. Uh, uh, mess up my name and, and you going no. So, yeah, um, I'm like, I'm it's all it's not unfortunate. Yeah. It's like, I'm just surprised you even saying my name. So, what, what is, oh, stop it. What is, what is, so your, what is the full name is Reza Sixo Safai. We are here. There you go. I can't cut any of that. That was too good. <laughs> but there's nothing we made the man. It's uh, the raison d'etre of our show. Exactly. exactly. Or the raison d'etre uh, of our show. So to speak. Um, but uh, he's, he's uh, with us right now to um, celebrate a movie that he co-wrote, uh, which is now streaming wherever, um, and incredible produced. movies and produced i apologize and produ- i mean you know i'm just getting everything thing, why don't you introduce yes. yourself Reza? Tell us <laughs> no, if- no no i don't and, want- no because i'm i'm obviously fucking all this up but but i just want to say where, wherever incredible and yeah. and unique movies are streaming there you will find prisoners right. of the ghost land yeah and, um, it's, and it's you know it's it's uh it's com- it's november 16th it's coming out on uh dvd and uh blu-ray mm. and uh and uh what's it called and physical um, media. 4k yes and physical 4K media, lookbook, which is great because, of course, yeah. our sponsors are. Um, we have sponsors, Joe. Our sponsors. Let's see. We have, we uh, have sponsors who, um, who yes, movies unlimited. Who? Uh, oh produce, yeah, that's right. Or they don't produce; they distribute right. physical media, and I'm sure we'll be right. distributing this film. And we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, uh, but uh, but yeah, and I gotta say, if if nothing else, you have to yeah. take you know, there's those things where you look back and you go. This is the one they'll remember me for. This is a thing that I will, if nothing else, uh-huh. uh, when Nicolas Cage dies uh-huh. and, and they do the inevitable reel, uh, Nicolas Cage screaming about his testicles will absolutely <laughs> 100% be on that reel. You have to know that. I'm so, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled by that. And yeah. I'm, I'm as much as I, I want him to be with to us forever. person and to see it on screen. <laughs> oh, were you there when they shot that scene? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. How many, how many takes? No, he's, I mean, I should know this, but uh, you guys haven't worked with Nick, have you? Uh, uh, no. no. Um, he's amazing. He's like, uh, there's no way this movie, I mean, it just was shot so fast and he nails it like, you know, the first take. So, I mean, the, if there's something not happening, it's basically because of a technical error, you know, or a, a, cha- a, cha- a complete change to the scene. So he's- that was, he was just, he walked up those stairs and, Julius Caesar style, you know, friends, Romans, testicles. <laughs> Just an amazing scene. Um, He's amazing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, yeah. we're, of course, uh, huge fans of him here on the show, which you, you listen to the show, you know. You know yes, I know. You, the, the inevitable, I love it when Joe like starts to 
you know, complain about this one word movie that you are always maybe going to bring up and you do bring up it. And look, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that film as well. And, and I mean, it's just, it's such a good movie. So I, I respect that. Such restraint. Nobody's mentioned the name. What? I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> That's right. uh, we, can go back, we can go back through all of our other episodes and very easily find. Yeah. I think, yes. Yeah. I was trying to think like, what, what's a good movie that rhymes with, Oh, uh, 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 Brando's, you know, the candy, Brando, candy, Richard Burton, exactly. candy. Yes, yes. <laughs> yep, yep. Which is a part that Cage could play beautifully as well. Mm. He can, he could play all the parts in that. He mm-hmm. actually could, he could have played at least the, um, yeah, I don't know if he'd do well as candy, but he could definitely have played any of the yeah. characters. Um, by the way, Joe completely just we're here and I apologize Reza, for using it, but it's like, we talk about boobies. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, I just watched SOB last night for the first time in 30 years. Mm. And the thing I know is I'm a damn good cutter. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen this film, Reza? I haven't, no. Uh, Blake Edwards' uh, comedy. Uh-huh. Supposedly, his sort of savage assault on Hollywood, but I would, I would argue that as funny as it is, the big problem with it is he, he pretty much loves Hollywood and doesn't quite understand what's wrong with it, so it doesn't quite <laughs> land. But it, it occurred like to it occurred to several of us watching um, that that because uh, Peter Sellers died, I guess probably while they were or shortly before they started making the film. That uh-huh. I would wager there's at least one or two parts in this that were supposed to be Peter Sellers. Do you have any idea? If... Oh wow! No, I don't know. Oh. I mean, they're, they're I, such don't a see, Robert, I don't see him playing Robert Preston's part. Uh, no, but I mean, do, do you think Blake Edwards envisioned Larry Storch in the end? That feels like a bit of a. <laughs> I don't know. Larry Storch and Peter Sellers is two, two different uh, kettles just, of fish. He's playing a Peter Sellers. <laughs> anyway, I, I apologize for, for hijacking your episode. We oh, are good. here um, yes. to discuss. Uh, well, actually, what is what well, did you what did you settle on? We, we kicked around. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I mean, you guys uh, obviously talk about uh, so many interesting movies, and and there's some, you know, like there's an overlap sometimes that happens because like the great movies are great. And, and I mean, who knows if I'll ever fucking get to back, be back here. So it is a kind of a little bit of a bummer, but, but, um, we'll, we'll tie it in thematically to our movie and, 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 uh, prisoners of the ghost land. And I think, you know, what's cool about prisoners of the ghost land obviously is like, uh, you can almost go in so many different directions. You can talk about like samurai films or movies that, um, you know, have to do with time or uh, post-apocalyptic movies or, um, but, uh, you know, I just, I love the the quote from Nick Cage on our poster, you know, and I think that, I mean, I'm not sure, but I, I'm pretty sure it's the first time where you've had a, I mean, maybe Joe, you could correct me, but like if the first time you have an actor like quoting about, about his own movie on or being his own film. What, what's yeah. blurb? I've not seen that. I can't, I can't it, remember it yet. It's, <laughs> it's the, the, the wildest movie I've ever made. Oh, and, okay. and, um, and, you know, actually he, he uh, corrected that because, um, I mean, he's totally cool with it, but he, I guess in an interview he said that um, originally it was the wildest script I've ever read. And I was like, you know, I was, this was, I can just die now. It's, this is fucking great. <laughs> um, but, uh, but then I thought, okay, so if we, t- you know, why don't we tie it into like the wildest movies I've ever seen and or experienced, you know, something along those lines. And, you know, and it was kind of, I was like, wow, is this fucking going to be limited? Like, how's this going to work? And, and then as I started to write down just a list of movies to kind of refresh 
you know, just get it in some sort of order. I, I it, it went on and on. And so we won't, you know, at some point we're going to have to cut this fucking thing off, but, um, and I won't, you know, I won't go all the way. I, I ended up just like crossing out the list and I, I wanted to keep this conversational. So I didn't want to like kind of refer to it as much, you know? Um, but, uh, but also obviously look, I mean, wild movies, it's like anything else. It's like the first time you experience something, um, you know, might be wild at the time. And it, you know, I actually, I've heard it on this show too. When, when Joe, it's usually Joe, when, when like, you know, someone's talking about this movie that really impacted them. And Joe's like, how old were you when you saw that movie? And they're like 12 or 13. He's like, yes, that's what it has to do with. <laughs> Just like totally we were at the time. Yes. They're, they're teenage. <laughs> but, um, so, you know, I mean, look, some of these are a product of that time. So, uh, and I'll, you know, I mean, I'm maybe we're, we're all a product of our time. <laughs> there you go. We could end it right there. <laughs> um, so, I mean, look, I, I was, you know, I was born in Tehran, Iran. And, uh, you know, the first, I mean, when I was thinking about this, and I didn't know the actual age. So I checked with my dad and I was surprised. But um, when I was two, uh, I pointed to a newspaper, a picture in a newspaper. And I guess I said, I want to see this. And, and so, and I mean, there was no like, you know, in, in my family, there wasn't, you know, a ritual of going to the movies or anything like that. And, um, but here, you know, it was a movie. It was a, it was an ad in a paper for a movie. And my parents, for whatever reason, I'm so fucking glad that they did. But they took me to the movie, and and it was, and you know, I mean, it, so I associated with like I could point to this and see this thing, and then go into a movie theater and experience the magic of cinema. And it was, you know, it was uh, Walt Disney's Robin Hood. Um, and so, to, you know, that's really my first kind of wild experience, you know, in a, in a cinema, not, not, and, and, and most of these movies, uh, well, I don't know if it's most of these, but I think it's a lot of the movies I'm, you know, I'm going to talk about, it's like, I haven't gone back to see them, mm -hmm. but this one, um, I have once, uh, with one of my daughters and it's, I was scared. I was like, I don't want to ruin this, but you know, who cares? Like, and, and it's, it's really lovely. It's I, I had a wonderful time watching it. And I, and I asked, you know, Susanna is my youngest daughter that I watched it with. She was sick at home uh, from school one day. And I was like, what do you think? You know, and, and she loved it, you know, so it was it was really nice to so show it. So it worked her. for her. OK, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can't imagine anything more depressing. <laughs> um, so what would be next? So like, um, I mean, I don't know. Do you guys want to I mean, do you have you are you a fan of that movie? Have you seen it or? Yeah, I've not um, seen it since it came out. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so old. I'm so old. I would, thought you were talking at first about the live action. Nice, uh, Robin Hood with Richard Todd from the fifties. Oh. <laughs> nice. Back, back when Disney had a lot of money uh, tied up in Britain, and so they went had to go over there and spend it, and they made a, a lot of you know uh, British uh, costume pictures. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. But that's that's the one that was playing in the theaters when I was a kid. Uh, but of course, the animated film came later. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's right. um, yeah, I, I had. I, that's right. Wasn't there? Uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen that one, but there was like a. Um, I feel like there was a Disney comic book adaptation of it. Probably. Be, oh, really? Yeah, they yeah, didn't I would miss love a that. Trick. 
But when I heard you say wild and uh, watch you, I don't know, are you drinking like a green juice? What is this? Uh, it's, 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 it's fizzy water with a little dose of orange juice. Nice, nice. Nothing, nothing wild going on. That's what he says. I mean, the is. number of times, right. you know, maybe we're going to utter the word wild, not that we would like condone uh, <laughs> drinking, but it could be like a drinking game this episode. You know what I mean? Like every time the word wild yeah. is heard. They're so all drinking games drink. and it's all about men. How how was what, what, <laughs> he said it? <laughs> what was what was wild about the Disney Robin Hood to you? Was well, it just it was that just it was your the? I mean, it was like I mean, was you know, two, a two year old. <laughs> I'm sitting in a movie theater. You know, I'd never just, seen I'd never seen a movie in a movie theater. I didn't even know such a thing existed. Right? You know? Yeah. No. So, like, like, so like, what was that? Do, do you have? Yeah, I do. Memories I mean, of the was, film beyond. Absolutely. I mean, it's like it was. Um, it was my first like also just experience of knowing that it's like, are these animals alive? Like, are they break, you know, they're breaking into song and they're talking. Um, you know, I just, I'd never seen anything like that. And, and then also I think because of the aesthetic uh, was so, I mean, here's the other cool thing about it, which a lot of people don't know is Iran in the seventies um, had one of the best dubbing um, in the world. And so like, you know, we had like Iranian John Wayne, you know, later and like Iranian Humphrey Bogarts and they sounded exactly like them. I would love for someone to, you know, do like a documentary or something about that. Cause it's, oh, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's really, it's really interesting. It's also like kind of hilarious, you know, in a way. And, um, but, uh, and, you know, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to remember if, if it was, it must've been in Farsi. Um, but, uh, so it just, you know, it just was larger. I mean, it's cliche, right? But it was larger than life and 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 magical. And I knew, like, I was like, there's a connection here. Like, if something, you know, I knew that if I saw this thing, I could I could go and and then see a totally different version of it. You know, there's the connection between like it was basically it was essentially the poster, you know, and mm. it was the graphic that I was attracted to. But that was kind of, you know, I was two, as Joe sure. said, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, I've, you know, after that, like, you know, you know so it, there was a lot of censorship in Iran post uh, revolution and uh, before the revolution. And so there was this kind of moment, you know, and the revolution in essence, I mean, it's, I feel like it's a kind word. I mean, it's like it was like fucking civil war and it was really, really horrific. You know, some stuff that like I'm, you know, just kind of now uh, dealing with on some level and, you know, I'll, I'll you know, I'll apologize in advance if I get emotional talking about some of this stuff, but, you know, just this shit that you, you, no kid should have to see, you know, to witness. Um, but uh, I remember, right, there was a brief moment when, uh, when the revolution at the beginning of it, like where some things where no one knew where it was going to go, where some things completely opened up. And one of the movies that was really censored was uh, my dad took, he's like, we're going to go see this movie that we couldn't see. You know, and it was the second time he was taking me to a movie theater and it was uh, Charlie Chaplin's Modern Times. And I remember just like sitting there and my dad, you know, looking at him like it was just this sense of freedom, you know, mm -hmm. that he had, like being in this movie theater, being able to experience something that wasn't allowed, you know, and I'm sure like other sides used it as like propaganda. But, you know, like, I mean, I mean, I'm. Obviously, like watching, you know, it was like a silent film up to a certain point. And then 
and and getting wrapped up in you know that amazing character and that amazing film but um and, and charlie chaplin like you know was really influential at least like you know curious i mean you guys know the iranian director kiristami's mm -hmm. uh um probably you know at least in modern iranian cinema I mean, maybe with the exception of Farhadi now, but like the greatest influence, but he certainly was before him in terms of like on the international scene and, you know, winning at Cannes and all this stuff and, and making these movies that people were talking about and getting Iranian cinema really out there. But like, you know, he actually made a documentary about um, the kid and, and, and uh, Charlie Chaplin's The Kid and, and talked about just how influential this character was to him. And, and I, I loved how he phrased it. He's like, you know, when in, in that documentary, when he was talking about it, he was saying something like um, the problem with film today is that most people have forgotten how to tell a story. Um, and, you know, unintentionally or, or intentionally, I don't know, I mean, he says it subconsciously, but he's like taken from Charlie Chaplin and put it directly into his movies. Um, but, you know, that what was wild about that for me was just like going to a movie that had been banned. You know, right. um, but also specifically in modern times, or just Charlie Chaplin, or what? What was the? No, it was it was modern times. Yeah. What, what was what was so seditious about it? Yeah. Why it was banned? I mean, my thing. I mean, you know, I mean, I didn't really quite understand it at the time, but I think it's just like showing uh, the hardship and poverty of of uh, people and like having to deal with you know the hardship of life and and not and being in denial of that. You know. Uh, pre-revolution um i you know and look i'm not i'm it's my guess i feel like i'm gonna get you know probably a lot of shit from a lot of different people because it's just like there's so much so many opinions uh politically and i don't even try to claim to be an expert um but yeah and i mean i you know and of course like and it was interesting to me too because i shortly thereafter came to the united states i was really fortunate that we got we you know were able to leave Iran, uh, you know, as it was getting worse and worse. And then like, you know, I was on, you know, watching TV and there was those IBM commercials with Charlie Chaplin, you know what I mean? And I was like, what's going on? Trying to, and it, was, it was, in a way, it was comforting to me to see that character travel, you know, and have sure. that association yeah, yeah. with, you know, I was like, oh, you know, making that connection as a kid. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It doesn't feel so alien to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, should I keep going, or what do you yeah, guys want? No, yeah, okay. Um, I mean, you know, the, uh, the, you know, we'll get to. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know these, movies, but you know, the next movie is kind of odd because the movie itself isn't odd, but the the fact that I didn't, I've never seen it, but it's still one of the wildest experiences I've had, and I'll explain to you why. <laughs> um, it's a movie. Uh, it's called The Deer. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if you know this film, but it's it's a, a you know a, a well-known Iranian genre director named uh, Masoud Kimiayi. Um, it stars uh, Behrouz Bouseri, um, who was like one of Iran's greatest stars. You know, he was like the Brad Pitt of the time. And uh, uh, um, and actually, um, the two of them made a film called Beisar which was, you know, in essence, it's like a, a Iranian gangster picture, you know, one of the few and, 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 you know, not major, but a partial influence in our movie, a girl walks home alone at night, like visually and stylistically uh, in some, in some uh, places. But anyway, the, the movie, the deer 
um, it, I think it premiered at the Tehran International Film Festival, but there was, but it, it, this is like pre-revolution, right? And so like it was, that movie was censored too. And so the movie didn't come out like for a few years and they, they, they were trying to figure it out. And, and then they, they, uh, they reshot the ending. And, um, uh, but what happened was, so like leading up to the revolution and during the revolution, there, there was a shooting, a really terrible fucking shooting in front of that uh, a movie theater in that was showing this movie and um, from one side. And then not, you know, not too long after, fucking just insane. It was like uh, there was the Rex movie theater. Um, people were, the doors were closed. They think it was six people that did this. Um, and they set fire to the movie theater and and 400 something people over 400 people died and it was one of the greatest um you know i think it was like you know and this is so sick to think about it in this weird way but like i think it was in the guinness book of world records like as like being the the worst terrorist act um for a long time Dang. right and in the world and so anyway i heard all these stories and, and it was terrifying to me as a kid and the way that my parents talked about it and, um, and some of the things that I had seen. So I, I had really not only imagined it, but, you know, I just associated, like, I was like, you're going to get killed if you go to a movie, you know, because I'd heard about the censorship and then this thing just took a fucking dark turn. So, so I didn't see a movie. And obviously that's why my parents, I mean, we didn't even have that culture, but like, they were like, forget it. You know, this isn't going to happen. And, you know, then after we got out, so, you know, that's wild for that reason. But then when we got out and um, when we were um, living in this, like, you know, suburb of Pittsburgh, um, at some point, you know, I'd made some friends and these friends wanted to take me to uh, Empire Strikes Back, you know? And my parents were trying to fit in. They didn't know what to do. And, and they just ended up saying yes. And the whole fucking ride over there, and even while we're sitting there, I think I'm gonna get fucking killed. Like, I know, like, I'm like, I don't know what's gonna happen. This whole thing's gonna fucking burn down. Someone, so I'm sitting there, you know, and, but, you know, and then it's Empire Strikes Back, but like, it's my first time, uh, you know, that would be the next movie, I guess. So it's like, you know, the, is that oh, everything we know about it, right? Like the spectacle and this like epic majesty of fucking like, Star Wars and all that stuff and just on display. and. But the whole time there was this extra layer, like, and then when I got through the movie and nothing happened and we, and I got home safely, you know, it was really like one of the times that I felt free, you know, mm -hmm. that I felt like I was, I am living in a place where I could be okay. And I mean, not to say that, you know, we didn't experience like crazy racism and, you know, during that time I was like, fuck Iranians go home and a lot of crazy shit, you know, that was happening. But that was a relief, you know, really and then the movie, cinema yeah. became this bigger thing to me, you know, so it was just wild to me that I got to live, you know, through cinema, literally, you know. Yeah, I mean, I can't quite connect to that, but I, the, the, um, you know, I was, I was like the prime audience for the Warriors when that came out and mm, there were mm. all these stories Remember this show of like all the you know, gang fights and shootings that were supposedly going on in theaters where they showed which, the Warriors. Which impacted the success of the movie quite a bit because people were afraid to show it. Yeah, yeah, but it was still a hit, though, wasn't it? I feel like it was, but not as big as it could have been. Yeah, there, but there was kind of a resurgence of that with like, uh, 
you know, like remember like New Jack City and, and that, that mm-hmm. stuff kind of came back or, yeah. or like even, I mean, I don't know if with the colors, like experience all that too. And That's I right. like there yeah. was a lot of talk yeah. about it, but yeah. Yeah. But I remember going to see the Warriors and there was that bit of anxiety. Like, is there going to be, you yeah. know, and I lived in Philadelphia where it was like, if you're going to, it's, it's it, it could happen there in ways that it would not be happening in, you know, some. I love some, that picture. Ball in yeah. Or something. But uh, yeah. That's so a, you that's were a, scared going in. You were a little like, bit. What's going to happen? Sure, because it was the peak of that, and everyone's like, "You don't want to go see that movie; you'll get killed." <laughs> right, right. It's like that movie was awesome. Was see, I didn't, to... I didn't have any of those fears because I went to, I went to the movies in Philadelphia, I mean, grind, grind houses in, in, uh, in, in, in uh, right near near City Hall, where uh, you, if you wanted to see the movie, you had to uh, make sure that you didn't get groped right. and that you didn't get right. stabbed, and that you couldn't go down to the bathroom at all because you might not come back oh yeah no for sure and after a while it was just sort of like well that's what you have to put up with in order to see a movie <laughs> but that, that's where i saw it was in, in philadelphia in one of those theaters but it was just like that extra thing of like on top of everything else now there might also be you know whatever dueling ga- like what would what would be dueling the thinking gangs, that yeah. like different gangs would arrange to go at the same time so they could duke it out during the movie i don't know what the thing <laughs> what was. what's the what's the wildest thing you saw in one of those theaters Jeff? Uh, well, I, the, one of the, one of the memorable ones was, uh, during a, uh, during a Mario Baba movie called the whip and the body, uh-huh. um, uh, while Christopher Lee is, is whipping Dahlia Lavi with a, uh, an, an erotic whip at sunset. Um, <laughs> the guy, the guy in the row ahead of me stabbed, uh, the Holy guy with it and thought it was a murder. And so, uh, the cops came, but they never turned off the movie and they never turned on the light. Because one wow. thing you never did at the family theater, the ill-named family theater, was you never turned on the lights, and it, and so they they got they arrested the guy, they took him out and everything, whatever. We just say watch the movie, because they never ever turned on the lights. Even wow. and it would occasionally smell of vinegar, or vinegar or whatever they used to clean it. But uh, <laughs> but God knows what level of rats and cockroaches they had in there. And of course, I never went to the bathroom, so I had no idea what it was like down there. Uh-huh. I mean, which one you I went what? back. I mean, <laughs> and plus it was a good movie. Where was the family right. theater? It was right in the shadow of uh, of City Hall on uh, on uh, what's the name of that street? Um, Is it? Uh, it's not the there's Ark Street and then there's Market Street. Yeah, Market yeah. Street. That's where all the good ones were. The, the new oh, so it's the one. It's the one on the Paris. other side, towards downtown, like on the other side. Yeah, it's not. It's not the, on the side of the center. The and the, you know, it's not not on that side. It's on the opposite. Oh, it's not right. there anymore, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And didn't it, it became a porn theater, right? They, they all became porn theaters before they on that side. Of, yeah, and then I still recall, although I think finally it's gone. But for decades, right around there, remember the the fictional movie company that John Travolta works at in um, Blowout. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blowout. Yeah. Um, they they had painted a, a sign on the window on the second floor for this thing, and it was there for decades. You would just drive by or walk by, and you'd see the sign for. John Travolta's fictional movie production company over this porn theater always made me very happy. But, um, yeah. I like, the worst I thing I ever it. saw, no, because I can't stop thinking about it. I may have to, this is too disgusting, but in the theater, the very theater where yeah. I first saw the Howling, the Goldman Theater, uh-huh. uh, which is on the other side of City Hall for all you uh, older Philadelphia mavens. Which was a great theater that had a crying room where it was a right. big glassed-in area where people could bring their babies. And oh, I love them that and stuff, and then they get to see the movie and hear it, but we couldn't hear them. Yep. And right next to that yeah, was the like, smoking room where yep. they could all smoke. 
<laughs> we couldn't smell the smoke. They, they, they call them like, I mean, they don't have that, but they, you know, they have that. They used to have the mommy and me movies. I don't know. Uh, you guys, it's like, it's like a 10 o'clock in the morning where you could see right. an adult movie, but everyone knows they're bringing their kids. So right. it's just like, it's like, I mean, they're babies, right? So, ah. You're bringing wait seriously adult films or grown up movies? Well, just grown up. No films. grown up. Oh, okay. Like, who's my, bringing your babies to board? Can't films. afford a babysitter. Can't afford a babysitter and a movie ticket. Okay, I was I was I was taught. I mean, it just seemed like an odd like how many how many dudes are so desperate to see a porno at ten a.m. and they've got a kid with them. But but well, if you if that you is you want to go there, if that is you. We have the theater for you. <laughs> Oh you know, I'm not going to tell my horrible Goldman story. It's too disgusting. Let's let's uh, Reza. What's, <laughs> what's next? And to you, Reza. <laughs> um, uh, well, you know what would be next is Porky's, because <laughs> he said they so, be these we, wild movies. I'm like, it's it's. Oh, he says it's classic, classy movie. Cla- yeah, okay, these are classy yeah. movies. I mean, it, Porky's was because I was like, you know, I don't know how. Uh, I mean, now, if I'm counting correctly, this yeah. is the third movie you've ever seen. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, I mean, it's not the third movie I've ever seen, that one, but it's it's the third, like, kind of wild experience, I would say. Um, because, well, I mean, what happened was we were on vacation, right? And uh, and you have, you know, like, it was an Iranian family that, uh, and we were in this cabin and we were meeting, like, my mom's cousin's and it was this whole family thing. And then we went to a video store and they were like, oh, you know, Reza likes movies. Maybe we should get him a movie. What do you want to get? You know, and we'll rent it. And I, I you know, I've heard about Porky's a little bit, but like, I honestly, there was a part of me that really thought it tied into the cartoon, you know, and, 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 and even when it like, you know, starts, you, you see that, you know, with the, the, the lights, the, the neon lights and the, the bar and everything. And so, but what was, what was great about it was just, I mean, like, I mean, obviously it's like, uh, I, I, I didn't know it was going to be pushing like these boundaries of nudity, you know, just like this teen coming of age, uh, sex comedy. Um, but, uh, so it was being played on the TV and everyone the family was all around like talking and not like watching the movie. It was just me watching the movie, but they were coming in and out of the room and they were there and they, and everyone was too embarrassed to stop the movie uh, because they were like, well, you know, they were trying to like maybe one up each other in terms of like, well, we're American and it's okay. We, who okayed this? We don't know. We don't want to, you know, it was just this complicated thing that they were trying to navigate, but so no one was saying anything, but then the whole time I'm sitting there like, you know, <laughs> watching this movie and I'm fucking, loving all these gags and and then there's all this nudity and 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 i mean i mean i mean just to like paint the picture even clearer like my dad i mean i don't know if he still does it because we don't we haven't watched a movie together in a while but for the longest time anytime uh, anyone would kiss on screen he would make a comment you know that this is not okay and we should all be closing our eyes and it was so oh, wow. you know, it got oh, wow. so it got so ridiculous that like. <laughs> so wait, remember, he's there with you at Porky's? No. Yes. Yes. No, they're all there. That's why I'm saying. There, there's like, there's a lot of kissing so in Porky's, like, if I recall. It's I a family movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, there. You know what was what I loved about it was like th- there was like an innocence to it, you know, within all of that. <laughs> you know, I think. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm. Uh, but you know what was what was funny that we did later for my dad actually was that. Um, 
because when, when Cinema Paradiso came out and there was that like priest who was like, you know, ringing that bell with all, you know, censoring all the movies and stuff like, mm-hmm. like after that, I got my dad that bell, you know, and I just told him, <laughs> just, just, just ring it anytime you feel like it's not okay. <laughs> so yeah, so that was my next one. Um, what would be after that? Uh, yeah, I need to know, has he, has he seen Prisoners yeah. yet? My dad, he has actually. He saw it. He saw it at the. Uh, I mean, he supports me, you know. Um, and I know when I don't. When he says, you know, that was great, and he doesn't like go into any details. Like you just know, like he's being very polite and just saying, like, um, you know. I mean, he's he's a sport because I mean, I did this movie called Circumstance that, like, you know, really pushed the envelope, uh, uh, and it's in Farsi, um, and. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, was, it, it premiered at Sundance, too. And, but uh, he was, you know, he sat through it and didn't say anything. And I think my mom really coaches him, you know. It's like, okay. Does he ring the bell, though? <laughs> yes. He doesn't bring he, it with him. Oh, well, what's the point? <laughs> he should. I'm very disappointed. <laughs> I love the idea of um, just sitting there ringing the bell and then telling him it's great. <laughs> Um, I just love it that we did that to him. Um, and, you know, it's cool that he was a sport about it. Um, you know, later it was like, uh, you know, I, I um, what would be next, I guess, you know, I, I was really into ninjas, like around, this is probably like seventh grade because of like uh, Ninja 3, you know, the, the and, and, and just American oh, Ninja, the, yes. the, 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 the canon like pictures. You, you can't know? just throw Ninja 3 in there like it's a normal ninja film. You have to. <laughs> Okay. Well, but I mean, I saw them, you know, to, I mean, I saw them, you know, not too far from each other. They were the first like ninja pictures that I'd seen. And, um, but what we would do, well, what do you want to say about it? Do you like that picture or what, how do you? Ninja well, Josh has a second yeah. connection to canon films. Well, yeah, oh, that okay. too. Yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, I start, I started there, but I'm, I'm a huge fan of Ninja three. I've got a, yeah. a trailer from L commentary. Yeah. It's the only, Oh, ninja yeah. movie about um uh well it's basically it's a remake of flash dance with a woman who <laughs> ninja. so it's it's, it's pretty totally. inspired it's pretty inspired i mean like, i i love the director sam firstenberg i think he's sam I, mean, you know, sure. I mean he's yeah. he's a great uh uh well you know he a certain level of b that's just fucking fun and great you know and yep. and and again this was like seventh grade and after watching these two um we were, you know, we would steal like uh, um, from the science, the science class, these like, you know, these little blades. And, and then there was this whole bamboo forest by us. And so, you know, we were making these weapons and all this stuff. Uh, this friend, you know, that, that took me to him. And then, and so this isn't the wild movie, but the, the, uh, the, the wild movie was um, his dad had this porn collection, right? And, and, um, and his dad would like come in and out. We didn't know. And so we watched so the wild movie. This is still isn't the wild movie, but we watched, we started watching Debbie does Dallas. Right. And, and wait, sorry. The, and we are how old? This is seventh grade. Okay. All right. All right. And so like, um, we're watching it and we're like, oh, and it's my first porn. And I don't know if it was his, but like, I'm like, whoa. And, 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 and then, and then we had to stop it because he came home. Like it just, you know, it was really, and then, you know, but I was like really intrigued and like, you know, wanted to revisit this movie. But, um, and so we planned this time when uh, uh, his dad wasn't going to be around. Right. 
And then, so he, but, but we, but he got, he had this collection and it was like really interesting, but so the movie we picked out, we didn't go back to that, but we went to the Prince and, and the nature girl. Do you know this? Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a Doris no. Wishman. Who, uh, uh, who directed? Oh, oh, Doris Wishman. Uh, picture. Wait, your dad and, had his, your friend, what? <laughs> yes. And, and, and so, and, like, and I'm sitting there like, you know, I mean, just the, um, the narration, you know, is like kind of odd. And, and, there, and there's a, there's a, like a, uh, if I'm remembering this correctly, but I think there's like a male and a female narrator. And, uh, and it was, and it's really like funny, but it's all like taken seriously. I mean, I guess maybe like a lot of her stuff, but like, it, you know, and it starts to like break the fourth wall talking you know right to us and and then you know and, and sometimes i just couldn't tell like if it was like a documentary you know and and then like is it funny on purpose you know what i mean and it and it seemed to be kind of like oddly aware of its own sense of humor and and you know as, as this like teenage almost teenage or i guess teenage boy like you know seeing all these women that this from this like nudist colony and and I, and I remember like, I really loved the music because um, it had uh, what I, I mean, I, I became a big fan of Esquivel later, you know, but it, it was like <laughs> probably my first like kind of uh, a lounge, you know, um, uh, easy listening kind of deal that was like going around. And um, so, you know, it just, it was this, this really odd mixture of stuff that just felt like but also she like it felt like she was really interested in telling a story. I don't and I don't know what the story was. And, you know, at this point, I didn't know there was a difference between like uh, soft core and hardcore. But and I think maybe the closest thing I knew about it at the time was like Benny Hill. Like I used to, when I was a kid, I, I used to love to stay up and watch Benny Hill. And so like I would be like, you know, is it going to go for these jokes? Because it's kind of funny, but it didn't, you know, Um and, and, and there was like a, uh, almost like a, um, I don't know, like a gentle, uh, 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 there was like a rebellion to it, but it was gentle, you know, it was like relaxed. And mm. I don't know, it just, it, what it, I, I felt like what it did to me, I didn't know it at the time, but um, it just really opened me up to like, there's a different way to tell a story, you mm. know? And, 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 and also just that I really like things that you can't predict. You know, like like what's gonna happen next? Um, you know, you got that from a Doris Wishman film. I love that. Yeah, I think it, it has to do with the age. You know, like uh, again, I don't want to. I don't want to ruin that. I mean, later I discovered that book. What's that great book? Uh, Strange films. Is that? Uh, do you guys know that book? Um, I don't think that's quite the title, but it's we, not. We know those kind of books. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's. I, I thought it was called that. I mean, it's probably. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't. Um, but I, I, you know, it was, it was, a, cause I grew up in the, I mean, mostly in the Bay area. And so, and this was when I was there and I was living in Stanford, maybe that'll kind of explain as well, a little bit in the oh, dorms, the research book, incredibly yes. strange films, incredibly, yes, strange, incredibly films. strange. Yes. yes. Yeah. That was, that was, yeah. Back, back when there were only a few of those, I remember those kind of things. Yeah. That was a Bible. Yeah. There were, there were, there, there were also considered psychotronic films. Yeah, and then there was the psychotronic. Oh, yep. really? Yeah, that was oh, yeah, the yeah. encyclopedia. Well, that book was cool because I mean, because I can't yeah. remember. I mean, she, she, there was a woman uh, who was a co—I don't know if co-writer is the right word, but she she also wrote like uh, there was another book that was like on uh, on 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 punk bands that she did that was like kind of a seminal thing. But she, I remember she 
um, uh, later I, I saw it and, and connected these dots, but, um, and I don't remember if she actually talked about it in that book or not, but she interviewed Doris Wishman. And I think, and I think, I mean, you guys have seen that Doris Wishman when she was on like, uh, what is it? Uh, Conan O'Brien. Have you guys ever seen that? Oh, no. Um, oh, it's great. She's on there with Roger Ebert. Fantastic. <laughs> you guys should watch it. It's, it's actually really funny. But anyway, I, uh, I think this uh, is her first appearance on our show. <laughs> yes, I don't, think, I don't think Doris has, has gotten a lot of play. Yeah, <laughs> and it should. She's an interesting character. Nude on the Moon has not come up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, well, what would be next? Well, um, I wanna, but that started yeah. with Ninja and then it turned into porn. I was wondering what was there going to be a Soft Ninja? Porn. Yeah, can, but can Chesty Morgan be far behind? We did. Uh, no, but where, where, what happened to the ninjas? I thought we were going to get all the. No, no, that wasn't well, the, the wild film. That was the gateway that wild. to the wild film. Oh, okay. Yeah, did you guys? Yeah. Well, I, you, did you hear about the? There was a ninja attack uh, a couple of weeks ago here in California. Did you hear about this? No. Um, what I'm, happened? Yeah, it was on a, uh, a U.S. Army was it a base or an airport or something, and a guy yeah. dressed as a ninja came up and. Um, uh, I, just, I just pulled it up because yeah, he walked up to like a, a sergeant and said, "Do you know who I am?" Uh, the guy said he didn't. He said, do you know where my family is? The guy said he didn't. And mm. then the person in Ninja Guard, he had to slash at him with his katana sword. <laughs> Whoa. The sergeant, this is amazing. It's his military base, I guess. The sergeant runs off and he and all the other uh, top-notch military guys uh, run and hide in a room and they call 911. Mm. And 911 shows up and they fire projectile, uh, uh, you know, those, those, I guess, rubber bullets at the Ninja. And all it says here is they were not effective. I'm like, of course they weren't. He's a ninja. And, and then they arrested him. But but there was an actual ninja attack in California. Oh my God, how did I not hear about this? It's the greatest thing That's ever. Amazing. Yeah. Yep. We should. Hey, I want to have that guy on, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know his 10 favorite ninja movies. Probably all canon. It'll be all Doris Wishman. Oh, that'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. I'll come full circle. Um, exactly. Uh, well, sure. Yeah. What's what's next? Um, okay. So I'm sure you guys know about this one, but uh, it wasn't like too long after. But do you know um, uh, 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 Koyana Scott Katsi? Koyana Scott. It's impossible to say the name of that movie and not have everyone in the room do that. <laughs> well, if, if, if they've seen it, you know, when I, yeah, I usually do it around people, they're like, uh, what? what are you doing? Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, look, that was one of the early movies where I, uh, you know, I guess again, like in a certain way where there, I mean, I no story in the traditional sense. And, you know, I, I don't, right. It, it's funny because, I mean, people, when they ask, you know, they're like, well, what happens? And you describe like what you see and you're like, there is a fucking story, but it's not written out, you know? Right. And, and, and it's really interesting when you start to fuck with people on that level in terms of, you know, when you're telling stories like that, uh, even when you don't, when, when you're going like a little bit in that direction and then when you don't, and then people are like, well, there's no story. And it's like, well, there is. Like, doesn't the title doesn't the title mean "World Out of Balance" or something like that? Yeah, yeah that, that was that was one of the subtitles. But there's, I, I mean, it's it means. I mean, it had like four. I can't remember all of them, but like it, it was like "Crazy Life" was the first one, the first definition of it when it comes up. 
And I love that, you know, just like, it's really simple. Like, yeah, fucking, this is a crazy life and how are you going to get through it? And then um, another one was like, a, uh, like a, was it? Fuck. It's like a state of life, a, 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 like a way of life that calls for another way of being or something like that. Mm. Was another uh, kind of subtitle. Isn't of it, there a but... sequel called Powanoskwatsi? Pa- yeah. And then there's a, a third one, and I'm. I'm and they're all they've, they've all got this trilogy. amazing photography in it, and this, and, and you know these yeah. uh, sped up and using these weird lenses, and I mean it's it's they're gorgeous movies to look at. Yeah. But they are they are made to be seen stoned. I mean that that's that's oh, really? that's oh, the only God, yeah. way that you can really get anything out of those movies. No, no, it's the only it's the best way to get something out of those films. I, but I you can I think I think I mean I think them. maybe I have a natural kind of stoned thing happening because yeah we picked that up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's like it's like uh I mean the, the DP was Ron Frick um is because yeah. I I loved and I think he ed- he was one of the editors if I'm remembering correctly um. Uh, but he, I mean, yeah, I mean, the imagery is, I mean, that's what it is, right? It's just like, I mean, what I liked about it was it had this feeling that we're going to pick whatever we think is beautiful to look at, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm not as, you know, maybe just because of the later stuff, I'm not like a huge Philip Glass fan as like, uh, you know, some of my friends are, but I love his score in this, you know? Um, I, I mean, I just like, I, I love the, like, you know, the, the going from like these kind of grand vistas to, and maybe because, you know, just the world that I knew, like of the eighties arcade games, you know, like mm-hmm. when he shows like Robotron and like, and, 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 and then goes into the crowd and like Ms. Pac-Man and, but yeah, obviously like the, all the time-lapse and the slow motion. Um, but the Philip Glass score is, 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 is kind of when, when it like builds into that kind of crazy, uh, the computerized heightened opera deal, you know, it's, it's comical. <laughs> it's just like over the top hilarious at times. And I mean, at least I found it to be. Have and, you heard, have you heard is the, the score he wrote for the uh, 1931 Dracula? No, no. Early, early talkie. And so there's yeah. almost no music in it. And so mm-hmm. they decided, uh, well, let's have Philip do some music. And, and, and you watch the movie with his music on it. And it sounds like somebody turned on a radio in the other room. Oh wow! It's that's attuned to some station that has nothing to do with what's going on. It's, <laughs> it's like he didn't even watch the movie; he just doodled some stuff and sent it to them. It's really awful. Oh no! I, I had oh, always wow. wondered. I had always wondered. Don't bother. Okay. Um, uh-huh. um, I remember. Didn't yeah? Coppola came yeah. along kind of after the fact and helped. I mean, he didn't really produce the film; it was already done. But I remember he he. Got yeah. involved with it to help get it some some notoriety, and then um, yeah, yeah. And he then was, Rumblefish but, was the first thing I'd ever seen anyone. This or right after that, Rumblefish came out, and he was using some of the techniques that you saw in Clan the Scots. Kind of. Uh huh. I love Rumblefish. Rumblefish was also another like visual uh, influence on uh, a girl. Um, oh, sure. Okay. We watched that a lot. We bonded over that. Um, yeah. No. Um, the uh, uh, who? How did? Uh, yeah, I can't remember who who gave it to him. But I just love it that when people do that, like Francis Ford Coppola, you know, just the fact that he's like, this is an important movie. I'm going to put my fucking name on this, you know? And then yeah, all of so a sudden, people will see it. Yeah. And just the fact that he got it on some level, I think well, at that point, Scorsese I mean, does that too. Of course. What? Yeah. Who does? Scorsese. Scorsese. Yeah. And Terry Gilliam's done it a couple of times, I think. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I think in Coppola's case, and not to, I don't, I don't mean to make yeah. it sound bad. In Coppola's case, it was like, I'm, I'm going to do this and I'm, you know, 
because I am going to use some of these techniques in my next film. And <laughs> how, can I, how can I repay this person? Uh -huh. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm wondering, uh, but didn't, but also like that whole, like um, when he did that, uh, the, you know, the Napoleon Presents, or when he, or what was, what was the full title of that? Um, the Abel Gantz movie? Yeah, that's, oh, um, I, I saw both Koyana Scotzi and the Napoleon movie at Telluride. Uh, which okay. was, it, they, yeah. they, they, they and Abel Gantz was still alive and he was, oh, wow. in the, he was in one, he was hanging out of one of the windows in the hotel because they did a big outdoor screen and, uh, and they, they had the three parts, the triptych of, uh, I love Napoleon, which, that movie. which from for, apparently there's more stuff has been discovered and now it's, it's constantly being re-edited. Um, really? but it has some amazing things in it. Oh my God, that whole snowball fight sequence yeah. is just incredible. It's like, uh, yeah, I, I, I was floored when I saw that movie. It was, it was certainly, it wasn't wild. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> wild. It's, drinking. It's, it, is, uh, it is wild in a way. It is, okay, it is wild. <laughs> hey, so we just want to take a break for a minute from talking to Reza. Um, we want to thank our sponsor, MoviesUnlimited.com, the Movie Collector's website. They are not only huge fans of the show, but they feature many of the movies we discuss here, so you can easily find them to add to your collection, uh, including Prisoners of the Ghost Land. So, you know, you can stream a lot of stuff. You can look around. You can figure out where it's playing. You can rent it sometimes. You can get it for free if you're already paying for the service. And if your Wi-Fi is fully functioning, you're probably going to be fine. But, you know, with hard media, you're guaranteed. Plus, you get all kinds of great extra content, bonus features, director's commentary, deleted scenes, uh, you, you name it. So do what we do. Buy your favorites at MoviesUnlimited.com. You're going to find classics, imports, hard-to-find films, and, of course, new releases, too. The films are great. The choices are endless. Um, own the titles you love and enjoy all the bonus features you just don't get elsewhere. Click the Movies Unlimited banner on our website and buy your favorites from hard to find films, imports, and more. Uh, go to moviesunlimited.com or you can go to uh, our website at trailersfromhell.com and click on the banner there. You can go to moviesunlimited.com. Shipping is always free on orders over 50 bucks. We love these guys. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You know, what was, what was next for me, like actually just kind of, I would say probably would be, um, so we, you know, we, it's like, we were like in high, in high school, we were about to like throw a, uh, our first party, you know, uh, the, the friends, like uh, parents were leaving, 
Um, and so, you know, we, and we'd watched like, you know, whatever, like risky business and like 16 candles. And we're like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to throw a party. It's going to be wild. It's going to be fun. You know, we're going to live the, you know, these dreams. And, and so like, we were really trying to plan it, you know? And, and, uh, and then we had this one room that was going to be this like chill room with some like lights and it's going to be dark. I and mean, we're going to be, and we decided like, we're going to play a movie on, on loop, you know? And so at the time it was, uh, uh, Tower Video in uh, in Palo Alto and like and it had a really fucking great selection. Actually, I ended up watching a lot of uh, amazing horror films. Um, but uh, I saw this thing on the box that said uh, like banned in forty six countries, you know. And I was like, let's get this, you know. It's like, have you seen this? I'm like, I don't know what this is. Let's just fucking get it, you know. And um, and it was Faces of Death. I was say, is this Faces of Death? Yeah, 46 right. countries was the tip <laughs> A real there, party yeah. film. Also, by the way, pretty so sure it's never been banned anywhere. Up. Was it? Really? No. <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know, we didn't know if it was, like, we really did, we went in cold, and I don't think anyone had, like, followed it or knew anything about it. We really thought this shit was happening, you know? <laughs> oh, no. And it was, it was twisted and dark. I mean, like, I mean, obviously, like, if you thought, like, people were getting sick, I'm sure there were people traumatized, you know, like, and I, I couldn't even, I mean, I, we, we, no one would stay, but like if people would come in and out, in and out and they'd just be like, Oh my God. And then you're like hooked and you're, Oh, what's happening. And then this is real. I don't know. I think it's real. Ah. And then someone would puke and leave, you know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 I kind of just love the effect that it had on everybody, you know? And I, and it, and it, it was, I mean, that was genuinely, wild I, it would be yes i wonder for those who don't know yeah, um, yeah. that was never i mean there's a whole series obviously that weren't the first one was never actually a theatrical release was it joe faces of death played theaters yeah it did play theaters okay because then all the sequels i'm sure did and then there was and then there was snuff which was uh well, snuff was a fake that. a fake yeah. snuff movie right right yeah. um which got a lot of attention and, and got banned by a lot of places because yeah. it was it was it was all bullshit there was all yeah it was a compilation it? yeah it was a compilation Most of supposedly of it, real yeah. deaths and murders and so forth and it's yeah. all it's all fake but then there were like a dozen quote-unquote sequels because it did so well on home video yeah yeah well i mean and also like it had i mean maybe because people like were like okay well, i can take this in the privacy of my own home or whatever but the uh and i got to see what this thing is but i i think it had like i mean there was something real in it like there, i think it had like real uh like dead bodies that they had discovered or something you know that and so like because you I, I you didn't see makeup like that at least that was i mean some of it probably maybe if you see it now maybe it's cheesy or something i don't know i haven't gone back also there's also often a lot of animal cruelty in those movies oh really oh, yeah. that's really yeah i i mean you know maybe if Philip Glass does a score to it. Maybe I'll go back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh no, my um, God. There's a 30th anniversary edition on Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Uh -huh. Wow. You can see the movie. Do you want to plug your uh, movies uh, unlimited? Do they sell it? No, I don't think we want to plug <laughs> them for that. I don't think we want to associate them. They, they may. I know. I'm, I'm not, uh, they're wonderful people. We should yes. They would never carry that. Kind of price. <laughs> well, they might. They might. Because they carry almost everything. Um, but yes, go, go. Uh. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I guess, I guess that's like, wild. I guess that's wild. That was pretty wild. Um, 
The next one was wild for like some really specific reasons. And it's just a, it's a great picture. Um, I would, I would actually probably, you know, if I was pushed to do like, uh, you know, best of the eighties or something, um, you know, it would be on there for sure. I don't know if you guys ever seen this movie called, um, Bashu, the little stranger, uh, by, uh, uh, Bezai. I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. I'm not. Um, wow. I highly get released here. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why it ties in. It's like, um, I mean, for me, it was, you know, it, it, I mean, it's, 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 it's set. I mean, I won't say too much about it, but like it's set during the Iran Iraq war. And um, there's this amazing performance from this little boy, but also from an Iranian actress named uh, Susan Taslimi. And I just really related to this kid, you know, even because he's just like not, I mean, it's a different set of circumstances, but he's, he doesn't belong because it's like the darkness of his skin, which, you know, I guess uh, now the term is kind of like Afro-Iranian uh, was, but, um, but also his, he has an accent, you know, and, um, and, and, and then there's a, like a whole like surreal uh, element to it too, with, with, with ghosts uh, that are appearing. And, but it was, you know, for me, it was, I mean, it was, it's an incredible film, but it was wild because I was watching my first Iranian film in a movie theater. Every, you know, the, everything is in Farsi, but also like in a movie theater in America, mm-hmm. you know? And it's the only time I've ever done this, but I, like, after the movie, I felt the need that I had to uh, uh, steal the poster. Like, I had to own it because I knew, like, there's, I was like, there's not going to be a fucking, you know, like, the, you know, a VHS tape of this or whatever. Like, so I, I stole the poster and it's kind of cool. Like actually uh, some years later, the, the director now lives in, uh, uh, it, what? I don't know if he's in San Francisco or it's actually at Stanford, but um, he, we, we were doing, we had a movie uh, that was playing at uh, Hammer and he came, you know, uh, as, as part of it. And so it was the first time I got to meet him and I told him the story, you know, and like, and I, <laughs> when I got to the point where I told him like, I stole the, the poster he was like oh okay so you're one of these guys that i have to be careful around like you know he's holding on his wallet um but <laughs> it's 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 uh you know it, it it wasn't like that i you know I, I didn't feel like you know it just hit me like it, it felt like i mean this, i don't mean this to hopefully this doesn't sound cheesy more heartfelt but it, i felt like i really belonged on some sort of like cellular level like just but it wasn't like the kind of picture that i wanted to make you know but mm-hmm. um but i you know, I just was like, oh, this can be, you know, part of it. And I, and I don't know. I mean, I, maybe I didn't seek them out, but I'm pretty sure there weren't many Iranian films that, before that that were released here um, mm-hmm. theatrically. Um, oh, so, yeah. yeah, I highly recommend that movie. That's a, that's a incredible film. Um, and the, the title again is? Bashu, B-A-S-H-U, uh, mm-hmm. The Little Stranger. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so I guess what would be next? I had this really cool, he passed away, but I had this really cool, um, like he was mostly an English teacher, but he decided to, like in high school, like there was, um, he decided to do like a film as literature, maybe. I don't remember mm-hmm. the exact title of it, but something like that uh, class. And he brought in, you know, a 16 millimeter projector. I think maybe it was the first time he was doing it. Um, and he played, uh, uh, so it was like the first time I was like sitting next to a film projector that also had to do like a big, you know, big part of it. I, I love film. I'm like, you know, one of these 
people who's maybe cursed with like being able to tell the difference, you know, like between vinyl and CD and streaming. And so I, I just, you know, it just has this warmness and aliveness that I love. So he played, well, actually he played two, uh, but one of them is the wild one, but he played, you know, what's that? Um, uh, it's, it's a short, uh, it's like, uh, um, uh, it's an Ambrose Bierce uh, adaptation. Occurrence at, uh, Al Creek. Occurrence at Al Creek. Yes, yeah. yes, Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge. Um, uh, so he played that, which I loved the movie. I mean, that could actually, if we did a whole thing on time, that, that would be definitely up there. But um, but he played Meshes in the Afternoon by Maya Darren. And I was just like, holy fucking shit. Like, what's going on here? You know, but obviously, I think, I mean, when I when I start to talk about it, I hear the motor of the, the projector, you know, and, and, and seeing the light, you know, and all that magic, but it was like this, um, you know, I just never seen anything like it up to that point. You know, there was the, the, the kind of like noir uh, horror element to it. You know, I love, and just like the freedom of the, uh, I guess the, the camera, I, I felt like I could do that too, you know, but just, I love the way the, the, the close-ups were moving and, and the editing and like, and that there was like this, like, you know, uh, even though I'd seen like the killer POV or something in other movies, this just seemed like ahead of its time in some weird way. Um, and, and there was just like this, all this like tension that just kept going in it. And, and, you know, and the funny thing is I had to stop the movie, uh, or I had him stop the movie three different times. And, um, it was because I kept seeing something in it. And I, you know, I've come to learn later that it's like scientifically impossible, but I, you know, so I, I mean, it happened, but I, um, kept seeing a phrase and it was, <laughs> maybe it ties into what you guys are talking about, but I kept seeing smoke pot. And, and so, so, um, and, 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 and someone, and they're like, Reza, you're crazy, you know? And, uh, and, and I'm like, no, 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 go, go back. And, and don't you see it? And they're like, no. And then finally, he stopped it and he took out and on, and on a frame it um, someone had etched in smoke pot. Um, and I was like, see, you know, and it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, so anyway, I mean, it was kind of, I think he said something to the effect that, you know, Reza, you know, you, you see the crazy within crazy, you know, and I took that like, as like a really big compliment, you know? Um, but also, like, I mean, you guys, I don't know if you're a fan of that movie, but like, this, like the, the sexuality of it, too, you know, just like when she's like rubbing her hand across her body. And, and you know, there was another aspect to it, too, as, um, you know, an Iranian, because like, you know, post-revolution and knowing that women were forced to wear the chador and there's this like character in there that's donning that chador with the mirror, you know, and, it, and to me, it was like, you know, it, it is, you know, does she know, like, does this, you know, I was, I was having all these reverberations of what was going on there with women within that. And it was like, wow, well, this is so wild that all these things, elements coming together, you know, mm. um, it's interesting. I've never actually thought about it. Like also in relation, I, and I don't, I don't think Lily is a fan of the movie, but I never thought about it actually in relation to a girl, but, um, yeah. So mm. Maya Darren. Yeah, and and there was some controversy, right? Like, did she actually direct it? This is our first podcast where uh, Maya Darren and Porky's have been uh, <laughs> brought up by the same person, or at all, I think. <laughs> uh. Oh, um, 
Yeah. Did, was, do, you, do you know about that? Like, because I remember there was some like, you know, I think it was dispelled or something, right? There was something like about if she directed it or not, or like her husband at the time, who the guy who's in it. Uh, I don't know if they were yeah, married. Yeah, well, that's whenever you get to, whenever it's a woman filmmaker, you always get the story. Well, she didn't really do it. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. So, I'll, to be, I'll to be, I mean, yeah. yes, it, it's true. One of the things I've always loved is that, that Polly Platt has turned that one on to your. Uh, her her reputation over time. There's yeah. that. Uh, yeah. Um, not not that it was attributed by Donovich's films to her, but there's certainly been that. You know, uh, she's no. She's his his movies do fall into two categories: pre yeah. and post. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, I'm. Uh, yeah, I heard that one time. This I can't remember the book, but it was. Um, uh, you know, the playwright Bertolt Brecht, mm-hmm. um, that uh, there was like maybe five women that maybe wrote a majority of these plays. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. Well, you know, actually it's interesting because during that time, like was when I first discovered, um, uh, you know, this, 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 this new friend I had made, you know, played um, computer, uh, computer world by Kraftwerk on, on vinyl. And I just fucking blew my mind. I'd never heard anything like that. And I'm really into uh, electronic music and all of its forms. And mm. I don't like the term EDM, you know, but um, so uh, anyway, that, that, that blew my mind. And then like after, and I'd seen, you know, this, my Darren movie and then, and be, being at Stanford, I, I got to see, it didn't have music at the time. And I, I did see it later. It was just like a, a six minute short. It wasn't called computer world. It's called computer music um i don't know if you guys ever seen that it's like this um this finnish filmmaker and uh i just know his first name is like erky i don't even remember his last name uh like kuranami or something like that um but uh he 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 uh this short was so awesome it was like you know there was like these old ibm computers and you know computers were obviously really big in silicon valley and i was like growing up during that time but he had made this picture like in the 60s and um and and then there's like the attack of the computer on him and then there's like computer art happening and um and then i you know i'd learned that like uh because you know there's like the moog synthesizer and all this stuff that was created here but he was simultaneously creating these synthesizers um, in uh, in Finland, and but because he was like a terrible businessman, and they never took off. But he but he actually made this thing, and I can't remember what it was called. It was like it, it, like I'm gonna get this wrong. So like you know, it, it had the word sex in it. But he made this like sequencer, one of the earliest sequencers slash keyboard, where it required multiple people to be playing it, and and then if you were touching it, touching each other. It would make different kinds of sounds, and then if you had your clothes off, <laughs> it would it would actually create other kinds of sounds, you know. Um, but anyway, I I really it's like an R-rated theremin. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, cool. Well, what's what's uh, what's next? what's next? Yeah. Well, what would be, uh, <clears throat> um, you know, it was well, you know, I saw like they showed. Um, uh, you know, I, where I grew up, like the local um, PBS station was really fucking great. It was it was called uh, KQED, and actually, I could do a couple from this because uh, so Watermelon Man, you know, hmm. um, was 
uh, I mean, you know, I, I, I just thought it was a real, I mean, I'd never, one, I'd never seen anything like it, but I just thought it was such a good, I mean, obviously a picture about like racism, but I, I love the, uh, like the, the mix of funny and anger in it, mm-hmm. you know, at the same time. And, and then, and then, you know, I, I think I, there seems to be like a running theme, but like, I, I do like the freedom of the editing of it, you know? Um, but, um, what I do remember is like, before they played, I mean, I, that, that picture is great, but right before they played it, they had like, uh, I don't know if they'd done it or whatever, but they, they had done an interview with him um, a while, like right when he- oh, Melvin Van like, Peebles were discussing. Uh, yes, sorry. I, I assume these things, but uh, yes, by Melvin Van Peebles, who just passed away. Um, he, uh, uh, they did this interview with him, like, you know, and they're, they're in San Francisco and it's like in black and white and- uh, and it was like, you know, obviously, right, it seemed like right after he'd made this, but the guy's asking him, like, you know, why, uh, you know, how do you go from working on a cable car to becoming this, like, kind of international uh, filmmaker, you know, or something, something like that effect. And he's like, you know, well, you just don't pay attention to what people tell you, you know, and he's like, of course, it's like, if I asked everybody what they thought, you know, I would have never made it. And, he, and then he ends it with like the fucking greatest line. He's like, you got to be evil, baby. And I just remember just like, I was like, holy shit. And then he starts talking about like going to Europe and how this little window opened up for him. But I remember it was just like kind of, it was a wild thought for me that just really sank in. I'm like, oh fuck. Like, yeah. Like if I want to tell a certain kind of story, you know, I didn't, it, 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 evil took on a different meaning, but that's like, I got to be right. evil, baby. You know, and like when you're talking about like the, you know, the original with, with the testicles and stuff um, with the, in Prisoners of the Ghost Land, like that was actually one of the things when, when, you know, the manager I had at the time, you know, like liked the script, but he was like, this is just crazy. You can't do that. You know, and I was <laughs> like, and I got to be evil, baby. <laughs> you know? Right. He was so interesting. There's, there's actually, there's a great, um, Criterion's just come out with a great, uh, box set that, that, that's, yeah, it's Watermelon Man is pulled up. It's Watermelon Man, Story of a Three Day Pass, Sweet Sweet Back, mm-hmm. and Don't Play Us Cheap, and then a lot of supplemental stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, in fact, and you can get that Blu ray where, Joe? At Movies Unlimited. At Movies Unlimited. Um, that's uh, awesome. But it's a, yeah, it's a, I mean, he, he's such an interesting filmmaker. Uh, oh my I, God. I just sort of, yeah. Yeah, and he was always a great interview. Uh, uh-huh. I love, I love uh, Mario's movie about him too. Have you ever seen the the about the making of Sweet Sweet Back? It's called Badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, he's just yeah. It is. He was. I, I just love that independent spirit. You know. Um, yeah, and at a time when there weren't a lot of people, uh, it's not like he was really following anybody's footsteps. You know, mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's amazing. I mean, you know, to tie it into like Take UED because like. You know, the other thing that, I mean, what, when I think about it, it was really wild was the, uh, and the, you have to put this into context, but like the, the Civil War Ken Burns documentary mm-hmm. was, because at that time, like every, the whole fucking thing was just like, no one has an attention span. No one, you know, like, all, you know, everything's moving. They only want things that are moving fast. It's got to be like this. And it was really like, you know, when I watched it and obviously fucking it was like this cultural phenomenon, everybody was talking about it, but just, you know, like it was the first time I realized, you know, why is slow a fucking dirty word? You know mm. what I mean? Like why is slow considered not entertaining? It's just a different fucking rhythm. Yep. And it's, and obviously that is just so brilliant. I, I think, you know, like, and, and romantic, I love the romantic 
those letters, I mean, I still hear, you know, those, those, those love letters being read, you know, and I, but that to me was the first time I realized that, like, you know, I was just like, that's fucking wild. Um, Yeah. So that would be my KQED plug. They're still going strong and thank God. Um, Give us us another one. Yeah. Let's, let's do. uh, Okay. So moving on, uh, what would be next? I would say, okay. So at this point, like, I started to get into theater, uh, which, you know, kind of, you know, you see uh, some of the influences of like in Prisoners of the Ghostland, probably. Um, and that's kind of where I came from originally. And and I started like really for the first time discovering Shakespeare. Um, and so, you know, I, I just I, I watched I think the first one was like uh, Franco Zeffirelli's Romeo and Juliet, you know, which I love, you know, it's just like, again, like so romantic, so beautiful, like. I couldn't believe that, you know, these actors, I didn't know, this isn't the wild movie, but um, I, you know, that you could really believe they were um, young lovers, you know? And, and, and then I, I, then like, it wasn't too long after I saw Kenneth Branagh as Henry V, but I was like in a cinema and I was just like, and I was totally blown away by that movie, you know, the, the, all the battle scenes and like, you know, and, 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 and like with him and um, Emma Thompson, you know, in French at the end, uh, uh, it just was really, you know, touching and comical and, and kind of a total tonal shift in the whole movie, mm-hmm. I guess, which obviously is in the play. Um, also, I, I, I love the spirit of like uh, uh, this, like, you know, which a lot of young filmmakers seem to have, like, like I'm going to conquer the world. It had that kind of like conquer the world energy. Right. Okay. Yeah. But so I was seeking out all this Shakespeare stuff. And then um, I s- discovered... <laughs> Uh, Godard's King Lear. Uh, oh, I don't wow. know if you guys ever seen speaking, it. Speaking but... of canon films, right, Joe? <laughs> it's <laughs> a canon episode. Oh it my is God. a canon film, yes. Do you know the, the, I heard that story later of like, what was the pitch? Like, he was like, if we make a movie with, uh, I, mean, I don't know if he said like, you know, Woody Allen and, 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 you know, it's a Shakespeare picture. We're going to make a ton of money, you know, and was, was p- <laughs> pitching it to Godard at camp. <laughs> And isn't am I wrong? I've never seen it, but isn't Norman uh, Norman Mailer in it? Yeah, yeah. Yes. He's okay. he and his daughter and and Molly Ringwald. Uh, uh, I think it's Julie Delpy's first picture. Uh, Burgess Meredith, but Peter Sellers, not the actor, the the, the director. theater director. The director, yeah. yes. Sorry. Um, I got this was part partially cool for the connection to it because I got to actually work with him on an opera, uh, Matisse de Mahler. I don't know, um, and set in the Covent Gardens is a whole other story, but. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I was kind of really confused. And when I was watching that movie and I didn't understand, like, how could you completely break this apart? And really, what is this movie about? And, you know, in some level, I think, I mean, it was my first window into Godard, which could become a whole, you know, the wild uh, situation, but, but, you know, that one was my first first Godard film and also like in and seeing like these other ways of approaching Shakespeare and you know and like a lot of his movies are just like really about cinema and like what it takes I mean at the beginning of the movie I, I think he I, I, I mean it must be an actual recording of um uh one of the guys from canon saying like hey man we got to make this fucking movie we're waiting to be you know have it be made and, and just the fact that he had the like you know the ability to do that and put this in this movie when I think about it later, you know? Um, and, 
And I'm trying to remember, like, I, I felt like it had really great lines that were not Shakespeare, you know, that I guess he must have written, or maybe, I don't know, did Nor- is Norman Mailer credited with it? Um, he, I doubt I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, because you don't, I mean, who knows, like, who brought it to it? I think if, unless you were there. Nor- Norman Mailer wouldn't share a line, uh, a credit line with Shakespeare. Yeah, there was, there was like a, something like, it's like, it's like words, you know, words are reckless and, you know, and and uh, uh, reality is like another thing, you know, but like in, in between them is nothing, you know, is kind of like his whole thing on, on that movie. And I, I'm pretty sure that I mean, I guess that sounds like Godard, but um, it just felt really subversive and it really kind of uh, blew my mind, you know. Um, have you seen that one, Joe? Long time ago. But yeah, I've never yeah. But it wasn't your first Godard picture, was it? No. No, yeah. Breathless was my first good opening. Yeah, true. Oh, which, I, which I didn't you could, like. You, could, you didn't like it? Was it? Projected, well, it was projected in a Philadelphia theater out of ratio, and everybody's heads what? were cut off. Well, well because that's it's, what a, it's a one does, three though. movie. And all of the, <laughs> no, it's, it's actually photographed quite well. No, it was um, later. Yeah. But uh, you, couldn't read the, you, couldn't, you couldn't read the subtitles, and you couldn't see who people were. So it was uh-huh, kind uh-huh. of a problem. <laughs> uh, so it's but, just a movie about a bunch of French torsos walking around. But Contempt is one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, you know, I mean, it, it's uh, I have a certain respect. I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite, but it was certainly a, a wild experience at that time. Um, you know, and right after that, actually, I saw um, Henry, the portrait of a serial killer. That mm-hmm. would definitely that was like, holy fucking shit. You know, I'd never. You know, it ruined Silence of the Lambs for me after, you know, because I was <laughs> sitting there. I walked out. I remember my friends were like we were like in a theater in Santa Barbara and they were like, where are you going? I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna go walk around the block. They're like, "Why?" I'm like, "This is just commercial bullshit, man. This is like, have you seen Henry the Portrait of a Serial Killer? Like, what?" And then I just like, "Forget it, dude." And no, it was just you gotta, like, "Got to show them man bites dog." Then they'll yeah, and then you know, right, they'll really see what serial killing is all about. Right, that's a great one too, actually. But when I, I mean, you know, I had, I don't know. I mean, I, I saw that on. Uh, I didn't see that in the theater. I saw it on VHS. Um, but even then, it was just so fucking harrowing and you know i i I was so frightened and i haven't gone back to it uh again no it's it's hard yeah i don't know i mean one it's hard but also like i feel like i don't know that would would it would it still be that it's not it's not a fun rewatch yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know it's funny because i never i never thought of it in conjunction with with sons of the lambs it's fair it's like i it would always flash through my mind when when i'd watch dexter because my my big my big problem with dexter is that it was all so sort of clean and cheerful and i'm like this guy's a serial killer it's like i'm all for like the narrative Mm. thing where he's a serial killer who only kills i mean i had people but let's let's get really into it like i would have loved that show if he had been you know cutting off their heads and bathing in their blood and Right, right. Might not have been renewed for a second. Probably wouldn't have been. Yeah, it would not have. Been. People wouldn't be walking around going, "Dexter, he's awesome." Like, no, he's a he's a maniac who likes to kill people. It's uh, uh, now. No, I, mean, I know. Yeah. I know. We've. I know. We've. we've yeah. Barely scratched the surface. Yes. Of this subject. Um, yes. Which we uh, do here. We which, but but I I you know we're supposed to be talking about wild movies and you haven't brought up Wild Wild Planet or Captive nice. Wild Woman or the Wild nice. Bunch. Nice. Or the Wild Angels. <laughs> Come on, where's He's the wildness? Yes, I know you got to. Wild at heart would be. Uh, yeah, no, I know. mean, but that wasn't my first David Lynch. Actually, I mean, my I, David Lynch would have to go in anything like this, at least for me. But I, you know, that would be Eraserhead. Um, sure, it's like 
who's fucking seen anything like that until you've seen something like that. Um, no, I mean the wild, I mean, wild. Uh, yeah. No, I, look, I'm, I love, uh, Peck and Paw. I actually, you know, this is an interesting story. So I had, um, when I was, this is a little bit later, but in, you know, junior college, my film teacher, um, well, it was one of these like film appreciation classes, but it was Brian De Palma's brother, Bart De Palma. I don't know if you knew him, but he was, I guess, I think he was like an art director for a little while. And he was just, I mean, you know, like, 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 when I've seen Brian De Palma speak, he was just like so fucking smart and um, and really opinionated and and, uh, and 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 loved cinema and and so like it was really kind of the first time where I was hearing stories. You know, I mean, he was he would tell cool stories about like being with Pacino and De Niro and all the stuff, and I just made it real. But um, I was and he had a really incredible laser disc collection, um, and uh, I and and so you know it was like the first time I saw like Barry Lyndon and. Um, and, uh, but we would also have like these really great discussions about movies that were just coming out, you know, like, like an in-depth discussion. I remember about like article 99, you know, and it was just cool. Like I just didn't have anything like that, but, um, but I was running late. I had to turn in uh, a paper and I hadn't watched all the movies that I was going to watch. And I think I wanted to do something about violence, you know? So I watched. Uh, on the same day, I watched Straw Dogs, um, The Shining, uh, Full Metal Jacket, uh, A Clockwork Orange, and Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> and, I, and I remember, I, I was like, I couldn't move, you know, like I was just like, I, I think I might have done something to my brain. I was scared, you know, like, and I, and and I just ended up, I think, writing about that or something. But, you know, that was, you know, perhaps my closest uh, Sam Peckinpah, like wild, uh, m- you know, uh, movie story was was that's that. A, that's a grueling film festival. Yeah. A long, yeah. Film festival. a long film festival, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you're, you know, when you're a, a college kid uh, with nothing to do, it's, it's pretty good. Um, well, well, uh, the resident, uh, thank you, man, so much yeah, for coming on. It's been, I, come on, you want to say it, Joe, or should I? It's been wild, baby. <laughs> I couldn't bring myself to do it. <laughs> I can see he wanted to. Talking, looking for drinking games. Yes. If you, if you play this back and you take a drink every time the word wild is said. That is correct. You will be snockered. Yeah, about 10 minutes, minutes in. <laughs> and, and what do you recommend watching at that point, Joe? Uh, oh, sorry, Jesus! I'm <laughs> so bad at this. He was um, going to say leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> Did you? By the way, they threw a, a friend of mine said something because I guess what Nicholas Cage got uh, uh, in trouble at, at a casino a couple weeks ago uh, for his little. He had a bit to drink and. Uh, some no. casino uh, injected him from there, and I thought that that is not gratitude. That that city owes him everything. Was the casino in Las Vegas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now he's, like, if, now he's now he's yes, he's yes, exactly. But I'm thinking like if Nicholas Cage shows up drunk at your casino, you <laughs> thank him. That's what you do. You thank him. Good lord, um, Reza, thank you so much. Uh, it thank you, a guys. Pleasure. Um, the film is is it is it, it is. I'm sorry to do it again. It's wild.
Our show was recorded from several well-stocked bunkers. We can't wait to get back to beautiful downtown Burbank. We're the official podcast of TrailersFromHell.com, the best damn movie website there is. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. This is Josh Olson for the Movies That Made. Stay safe out there, folks. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts.